a word from the Lord this evening. If you would just allow me to read in your hearing from the New International Version, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Um, and I'll read it in your hearing starting there at verse 1, John 21 from the New International Version. And it reads this way. It says, Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Mm. That night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Mm. No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, mm. about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it mm -hmm. and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. And I'll actually stop right there. Um, just allow me to speak to you on the sermon and subject title, Gone Fishing. Mm. Um, Gone Fishing. Um, Father, not my words, but your words, not my will, but your will. Make my words simple, meaningful, and therefore memorable, never in remembrance of me, but always in remembrance of Jesus. I pray that all of us realize that from time to time we have gone fishing and that we return to shore. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Um, here, here in John chapter 21, um, we find what may be familiar, a familiar happening to many. Um, where we find that after, after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we find the disciples doing something ah, a little contrary from what you would expect someone who has been walking side by side with Jesus to do. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I wish I had had the privilege to walk face to face and side by side with Jesus. The disciples, um, they knew, they knew Jesus's idiosyncrasies. Um, they were there when, when, when Jesus um, took bread and broke it and broke it and handed it out and it expanded and, feed, and fed 5,000 plus people. They were there when Jesus looked down at water, the water looked back up at its creator, blushed red and turned to wine. They were there when Jesus turned a funeral into, into a praise session. They were there. And, and, and these are the same people that we find in John chapter one doing something very interesting. The Bible lets us know that the disciples had gone through some disappointment. They expected a certain, um, a certain uh, outcome in the life of Jesus. And they were disappointed even after Jesus had shown himself to be alive. The Bible says, and I won't keep you there that they that we find the disciples 
on the shore doing not ministry, not preaching, not working miracles, but just relaxing. And I think it's significant because uh, in a very practical way, different people deal with disappointment in different ways. And I'm convinced that, that, that in the midst of this isolation, in the midst of this social distancing culture, it's worth noting that all of us and many people um, from time to time deal with disappointment, but it's not really what you go through. It's about what you're made of that in that 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 dictates how you respond to what you're going through. Um, I gotta throw him out here real quick. I was over Pastor James Doggett Jr.'s mother's house a while back, and I remember that she was going to make potato salad. And many of you online know that in order to make potato salad, um, you have to have both potatoes and eggs. So what his mother did is she got out two pots and she put the pots on the oven and she put the eggs in one pot and she put the potatoes in the other pot. And as they were boiling, we took note of something that both the eggs and the potatoes were being boiled. But many of you online know that potatoes get soft when they're boiled and eggs get hard, suggesting that it's not what you go through, it's what you're made of. And I'm convinced that everyone online right now who who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is made of whatever they need in order to make it through whatever they're going through. The Bible says that we find the disciples sitting on shore, and Peter has this bright idea. He says to the he says to himself, he says out loud, I'm going fishing. And this is not a random idea. This is not happenstance. This is, this is not run of the mill. But instead, this is Peter doing something very intentional. Because if you remember, Peter wasn't always a disciple. In fact, Peter's name wasn't always Peter. He was once Simon. And when he was Simon, help me preach this right, Lord, he used to be a fisherman. And here's what happens to many of us when we encounter obstacles that, that, that cause us to deal with disappointment. Sometimes we revert back to doing what we were comfortable doing before Jesus changed what he called us, before he changed what we even believed and called ourselves. Peter's idea is not random. He's not pulling something out of a hat. He's like, well, things aren't going the way I expect them to go. Let me just go back to what I used to do. But watch this. The Bible says that the other disciples um, realize and they say, you know what, we're coming with you. And the Bible specifies that they fish all night long and catch nothing. You want to know why that's significant? Because Peter, James, John, some of the disciples were professional fishermen. These were men, young men, who by trade put a roof over their head and food on their table by fishing. But there was something about trying to go back to what you used to do that doesn't give you the same fulfillment as it did after you've run into Jesus. Can I just let it say it how it is? I'm convinced that sometimes when we deal with isolation and, and disappointment, that sometimes we try to go back to our old vices and get out of them, get out of them what we used to. But let me just let you know that when you've chosen Jesus and he's chosen you, you won't be able to get out of your old life what you used to get out of it. The Bible says that they fished all night long and didn't catch anything. Professional fishermen 
could not catch one fish. The Bible says that early in the morning that Jesus was on shore. And excuse me if I get a little bit more excited about this, because the Bible lets us know that when Jesus called the disciples, particularly James and John, he said to them, I want you to put down your nets and stop fishing for fish, and I want to make you fishers of men. When we find the disciples in John chapter 21, they are doing the opposite of what God, of what Jesus told them to do. But the Bible says that after doing what God told them to do all night long, <laughs> I'll let your imagination go, um, that Jesus is on shore watching them. And I just want to celebrate this one thing, that the God that we serve, does not avert his gaze when we're doing stuff and doing things that he told us not to do. I just want to let someone know on the line who's gotten back into some of the things that they used to do and have done things that they know they have no business dealing with, that the God that we serve is still watching you while you're doing it. He's still keeping his eye on you, that your behavior does not dictate his love, that your actions do not cause his love toward you to, to amalgamate. But the God that we serve is so loving that even when we're doing the wrong thing, he's still willing to keep his eye on us. I wish I had one or two people who could just say amen in the chat that God still has his eyes on you, that you haven't always had it all together, that you don't do everything right. In fact, sometimes you do things intentionally wrong, but he still keeps his eyes on you. If that wasn't good enough, watch this. I'm just coming for this righteousness by faith, those, those works, that righteousness by works mentality that seems to permeate our, our denomination. The Bible says that not only does Jesus watch them in the morning, he then calls out to them. <laughs> it says, hey, he calls out to them, hey, have you caught anything? Can I just deal with this right here? Some of us were, have grown up in this church, and excuse me if I get on my, my, my own soapbox, and we somehow ingested the lie that when we behave a certain way, that God does not want to talk to us. I just encouraged you in the fact that the God that we serve watches you even while you're doing wrong, but let me let you know something. He's not just watching you, but he still wants to have a conversation with you. You want to know what I love about the text is that he's not having any kind of conversation. He actually wants to talk about the thing that the disciples are doing that they weren't supposed to be doing in the first place. He says, have you caught anything? And the Bible says that the disciples have to let them know we, 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 we fished all night long and, 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 and we didn't catch a thing. And Jesus does something very interesting, and this challenges me at my core. I've been pastor. I've been pastoring almost ten years now, my Lord, and 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 it still challenges me because Jesus says to the disciples, and you all know the story. We just read it. Cast your net on the right side, and I believe I believe that this is the moving forward moment, Pastor Doggett, because I'm sure that professional fishermen 
had enough intelligence during the course of fishing all night long to at least try to fish on the right side of the boat. So when Jesus instructs them to fish and throw the net on the right side of the boat, he's telling them to do something that they've already done. The only difference is He's the one telling them to do it. And I've just come to let someone know that, that for many of us who feel like we are in a stuck place, that we are, we are in the concrete capsule of complacency, that sometimes God will tell you to do what you've already been trying to do just to figure out if you're willing to listen to him, even if it sounds like it's your idea. <laughs> I'm convinced that the God that we serve does not have to do things things according to our knowledge and our wisdom, but his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. The 2020 de um, redefinition of that, God sometimes tells you to do things that do not make sense, but I believe that what happened to the disciples will happen to us if only we listen to God. The Bible says that they cast the net on the other side, and the Bible says that they... they, they, they after they cast the net, that when they cast it, they catch so many fish that they can barely pull the net back up. Oh man, I'm, I'm feeling it a little bit right now because I'm convinced that when you follow God's word, that you will always get more out of it than you put into it. I'm convinced that when you follow God's word, that, 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 that you will always have a bigger catch than if you went your own way. And, and I was talking to Pastor Grosvenor before I, before I jumped on here, and he made a very interesting point, and I pray I'm not throwing his sermon off for later in this week. But he pointed out something to me. Um, a conversation that he had, and he was he 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 pointed out the fact that in this pandemic culture, if you haven't lost something, it's because you weren't doing anything beforehand. <laughs> That's that I can't take credit for that. That's Pastor Laurent Grosvenor, Doctor Grosvenor, if you will. And I'm convinced that God sets it up that He's like, listen, the way that you get the most out of life is not by going your way but by listening to me and allowing me to order your steps. I got something for you because watch this. The Bible says that as they're trying to pull the net up, that they feel the weight on the net. Watch this. And the next words in the scripture are this, that the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, says, it is the Lord. And I'm like, wait a second. What happened where John realized that it was Jesus who had given them the instruction. So I had to look through a little bit and I was like, the only thing different about what they had just experienced is they had cast the net on the other side, which they had probably done before. But what's going on now is John has his hands on the net and the net is too heavy to pull up. And, and him trying to lift something up that's too heavy for him, it hit him that when you have something that's too heavy for you and you've listened to a voice, the only person who could have told you to put your hands on something that's too heavy for you is Jesus. Can I encourage someone on the line in this way who may have their hands on something that's too heavy for them? Just know that it might be the Lord. 
that God has it set up, that he doesn't put us in situations and circumstances where we can handle everything on our own. <laughs> he puts us in situations and circumstances where it feels like it's too heavy because the God that I serve isn't looking for testimonies about how my intellect and my energy and my strength got me through. God's looking for the testimony that if it had not been for the Lord <laughs> who was on my side, I would not have made it. I put my hands on something that was too heavy for me. And the only way that I ended up in that space was because Jesus directed me to do so. Watch this. The Bible says that when John let everyone know that it was the Lord, that Peter immediately, who had stripped his clothes off, put a robe around him and jumped onto shore. And the Bible says that when Peter got to shore, the other disciples dragged the fish to shore and they noticed something. And I'm going to go ahead and begin to land this plane a little bit. Um, they noticed when they got to shore that Jesus already had fish. <laughs> oh, time out, Jesus. So you're telling me that you let me fish all night long you let me use all my resources, all my energy, and you're telling me that while I was wasting my time, if I had just been with you, I would have had everything that I need because you've got everything that I need. Let me just let someone on the line know who may be wondering what God is up to, why you've been in the house so much, why things are the way they are in the world. It's because God's got everything everything under control. If we would just stick with him, there is no distance that we can go. There is no brokenness that we can experience. There is no amount of dropping that we can go through that God can't find us in. Ah, can you feel it with me? That the disciples have been through something. They've been through their own disappointment, their own, their own pandemonium, and Jesus was still able to find them. Ah, oh, man. And I'm convinced that God can find you in spite of the condition that you are in. Because many of us have gone fishing, gone and tried to do things that were the opposite of what God instructed us to do. And we ended up dropped, ran over, and broken. But praise God that he's always able to find us in spite of our condition. I remember a while back um, that, that I was in Douglasville, Georgia, and, and I remember that, that, um, that we were about to leave my, my in-law's house, and we were driving out the car, and I reached from my pocket. I'm a millennial, so my, 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 my senses, my spider senses went off, and I realized that my pocket was empty. I reached from my pocket, and sure enough, my phone was gone. We ended up going back to my mother-in-law's house and, and we searched the whole house. We called it and we could not hear it. We did not know where it was. And, and, and what happened was I had my MacBook. I have an Apple. I have an iPhone. If you don't have an iPhone, you, you may need some conversion, but we'll deal with that on another night. Um, but, but I had my Mac and I had lost my iPhone. And, and what I did is I pulled out my Mac. And for those of you who may not know, there's an application called Find my iPhone. And what that application does is as long as you have an Apple product and you are in network, you can fire up this app 
and find any device as long as you're in network. So I took out my computer and I opened up my computer and I fired up the app and it said that my phone was right around the corner. So we get in my car and we're driving and I have my computer open and we're getting to the spot and we're coming around this curve. We're looking at the ground and sure enough, around this curve, we looked and we saw my phone and my heart dropped because when I saw it, it was face down with, 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 with trepidation in my spirit. I got out of my car and sure enough, when I picked up my phone and looked at the screen, it was shattered. <laughs> and I got back in the car and I realized that the phone had been run over. And it hit me as I was driving back, though my heart was broken and my pockets were aching because I knew what had to be done. But I began to rejoice for this very thing, that because my phone was in network, even though it had been run over, even though it had been dropped, even though it had been forgotten, even though it had been cracked, it was still able to be found. And I've just come to let someone know this evening that you can move forward because you are in network. And regardless of how many times you've been dropped, regardless of how many times you've been run over, no matter how broken your life is, the God that we serve can find you and he can restore you. I just want to celebrate God this evening and let someone know who's gone fishing, gone out and done some things that they know they had no business doing, that the God we serve is looking for you. In fact, he's here right now and he's saying, just bring what you've caught to me and you'll find out that I have all you need. I'm going to leave the hooping up to Laurent, but I could go there right now. But I'm just grateful for the brokenness in my life that God did not neglect. I don't know about you. I'm just so glad this evening that we serve a God who can find me in spite of my condition. That no matter how far I've gone, no matter what I fished for, he is able to seek and save me. Father, thank you so much. Oh, because I've been dropped and we've been dropped. We've been run over and some of us know what it's like to be broken and are broken right now. And we just want to celebrate that even in our brokenness, even in the state of being dropped and neglected, that you can still find us. I pray that someone finds the strength in the spirit available in this word to move forward because you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Above all, we could ask or think. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen and amen.